Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, this is Dan Lobby and this is a special coaching search edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast uh, with me and Mary Kay Cabot. We are, of course, sponsored by Sibling Revelry Brewing. Our thanks to them. Go check out their website. They've got a lot of great beers. Uh, we had an event out there uh, back in December. It was a ton of fun. I got to try some of their stuff. It's, it's really great. You can pick it up at Acme, Giant Eagle, Heinen's, all over the place. Uh, so make sure you check them out for us. Uh, I'm going to bring Mary Kay Cabot on the line here momentarily. We're going to talk about her column on Dan Campbell and why she likes him as a, as a candidate for Brown's head coach. We get into Freddie Kitchens a little bit and then some of the other candidates as well. So without further ado, I will bring on Mary Kay. How are you, Mary Kay? I'm doing great, Dan. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Our first, uh, our first official week of the offseason is in the books, but it doesn't feel like the offseason, of course, because the Browns are in this coaching search. And uh, look, let's just start with what you wrote um, about Dan Campbell. He interviewed with the team. Uh, on Friday, and um, you wrote a very glowing column about Dan Campbell. You you endorsed him as a as maybe the guy to hire for this job. So, I mean, let's get into that a little bit. What what is it that you like about Campbell? Well, you know, after after talking to some people and doing some research and studying up on him and just kind of uh, really thinking hard about this, he just seems to me like uh, he checks off all the boxes of everything that they're looking for. And um, and I think another key issue here is that I do believe that he would pair very nicely with Freddie Kitchens. They're both Bill Parcells disciples, so you could keep the continuity of the offense. And I've long gotten a strong vibe that um, you know that they want to keep Freddie around. And I think they backed that up this week by blocking him from interviewing for offensive coordinator positions with other teams. I think that was a a strong indication. Uh, that they are planning to keep him around, or at least they would, that they would really like to. So uh, when I put it all together and did an, all this research yesterday uh, and in the few days before that on Dan Campbell, it just seems to me uh, that he is the right man for the job, or at least one of the top right men for the job. I left it open a little bit because, you know, I mean, you still have to go through the process and, uh, you know, you still have to, let this thing play out a little bit. You don't know how some of the other candidates are going to fare. Uh, but I think he should be a very, very strong candidate, uh, a leading candidate, if not the leading candidate. Yeah, the, the Freddie Kitchens thing is interesting. And, and we've talked about this before. Um, you know, per- personally, I'm of the belief if, if keeping Freddie Kitchens is a priority, um, I, I think he should be 
probably your front runner for head coach. Um, because if he's, if he is this good, he's going to leave, you know, whether it's next year or the year after that, whatever, but, but at least you would get that continuity continuity for a year if you brought in Dan Campbell and, and kept Freddie kitchens, but going back to Campbell, something stood out to me kind of reading up on him and, and have, having done some research on him as well, you know, John Dorsey twice, uh, when he talked to us during the bye week and then again on Monday after the season said in reference to Greg Williams, you play like you practice. And he was kind of praising the way that Greg Williams was running practices, the competitive periods, things like that. And I, that's a little bit of a cliche, but I, I think it's interesting. He's gone back to that on two separate occasions. And to me, that sounds like, you know, a Dan Campbell type kind of running the show. Yeah, I would have to agree with you on that. I mean, he's known as sort of a, a tough leader in that way. And again, he, his, uh, you know, his model, his role model for leadership is Bill Parcells. And there's no tougher coach in the NFL uh, than Hall of Famer Bill Parcells. And I think the Parcells thing is significant on a lot of different levels, including the fact that he has Jimmy Haslam's ear. And I'm sure that he is talking up Dan Campbell uh, to Jimmy Haslam. Now, he might also have other guys. Uh, you know, Freddie Kitchens is a disciple as well. So, you know, he might have that endorsement too. Um, but I would have to think that the fact that Dan Campbell has patterned himself uh, after Bill Parcells in so many ways in terms of uh, the psychology of leadership and what buttons to push with different players and how hard to go on different things. I think that's a big selling point. I think another big selling point is the fact that he has been a head coach for 12 games. Okay. Now, if you read a, a great article, which I linked to in my column, uh, done by Alex Marvez of the Sporting News, he talks about how Dan Campbell realizes, you know, he made some mistakes in those 12 games. First of all, he had to uh, come to grips with all of the responsibilities of head coach that you're sitting there trying to, you know, watch film or game plan, and you have to deal with, you know, whatever, somebody getting arrested or somebody gets getting suspended or somebody missing curfew, somebody needing a new contract, all the other things that you get pulled in so many different directions when you're, when you are a head coach, he's done that for 12 games. And I, I just think that's very, very significant to have that uh, experience under your belt. And then he also learned some things during that too, uh, that he mentioned, including the fact that uh, he wasn't as hard on, on some of his players as he needed to be on times. And he, at times, and he won't make that same mistake again. So he worked out some of the kinks and I think he brings to it a fresh perspective. Whereas Freddie, although I think Freddie, uh, could be a very, very strong candidate as well. And I think he's going to have a great interview. Uh, that would be a learning curve for him to have to, you know, really figure out everything it takes to be a head coach and all of that. Not that he can't do it, uh, but it just seems like there might be uh, enough of a synergy there between a Dan Campbell and a Freddie Kitchens. They both come from the Bill Parcells tree. Uh, they're from the same football family so that they have the same philosophies. And I think that's vitally important. If you're going to mix streams, you're going to mix the old with the new, which I've, I'm never in favor of that. I don't like mixing the old and the new. The Browns have tried to do it too many times, and it doesn't work out. But in this case, I think it might have a chance because they come from the same football family, and they're both disciples of Bill Parcells, and that's kind of been sort of you know beaten into their brains. And, and I just think that, uh, they will be like-minded in so many ways because of that. 
Yeah, it, it, it would be a very interesting marriage. I, I think that would be one of those situations where you could probably make it work uh, between those two guys. And the, and the other part of this too is, this is a guy now who has worked under Sean Payton. Um, so, you know, you mentioned the Parcells stuff, uh, spent 12 games as a head coach with Miami, has worked under a guy like Sean Payton. Um, it's, it's sort of in that age range you're looking for. You know, it's, it's, it's been pretty clear that John Dorsey is looking for a younger uh, type of head coach. Um, you know, that's why we haven't heard a whole lot probably about Bruce Arians and, and s- some other guys like that. Um, you know, he, he, tend, he checks off a lot of those boxes. He, he really does. I mean, he really, really does, including, I think, the, you know, the full hand uh, that it's going to take to, to guide this young football team. I mean, I, I think he's going to have that. I think he has studied that for so long uh, to figure out how to manage all the different personalities, uh, including some strong personalities, and they'll probably add even more strong personalities onto this football team because they want those kind of guys. They want guys that have minds of their own and, and speak up and do those kinds of things like we've seen from Baker Mayfield. They want guys that have fire and passion. But if you're going to have those kind of guys, then you need someone that can really steer the ship in a, in a firm way. And it seems to me from everything that I've read and some people that I've talked to that Dan has that and players seem to love him. And, you know, even some of the players, which I've written in my story um, in a, that came from, uh, I think it was an ESPN.com article, talked about some of them, you know, talking about they would run through a wall for this kind of guy. When you, when you hear that kind of thing, uh, that really says something. When players talk like that, uh, that, that is very, very meaningful. Now, whereas Freddie, Freddie's got the, uh, you know, the very friendly, close bond going with Baker Mayfield, which is great. So I think you kind of have the balance between the two. I mean, you sort of got the, you know, we can goof around about you buying your headbands at Lululemon and, you know, we can, uh, you know, tease each other about different things, you know, the, the national, you know, the semifinal game and, you know, that sort of thing, just, ha- you know, keeping it light and laughing and, and those kind of things while also, uh, you know, lighting it up on the football field. Whereas, you know, maybe Dan Campbell brings in that firmer hand to kind of pull the whole thing together as the CEO coach. Okay, so uh, let, let's talk about Freddie real quickly because he will, um, he, he's going to get his shot to interview for the head coaching job, which it, it's been sort of a meteoric rise for him since, uh, since the firings. You know, it's been a slow climb up until he finally got to Cleveland. And then the next thing you know, he's the offensive coordinator and, and now he's a head coaching candidate. Um, I, I touched on this a little bit and, and we know the Browns have been denying uh, interview requests for him to be an offensive coordinator someplace else. And my, so the argument I would make, in favor of Freddie Kitchens getting the job is again, if you believe he's the next hot head coaching candidate, if you believe he's the next guy that's going to be, you know, we throw this name around a lot, John McVay or Kyle Shanahan type or someone like that. Um, the, the reality is if you keep him as your offensive coordinator, he's going to go have that success someplace else. So if you, if you believe that his ceiling is really that high, I'm, I'm kind of a fan of, of buying low and, and putting a structure around him to let him grow into that job a little bit. I, I know that's, that's a big risk. And as you mentioned, it's, it's a big step up to, to deal with all the head coach stuff. But, you know, I always go back to Atlanta. Who do, I just wonder who Falcons fans would rather have as their head coach right now, Dan Quinn or Kyle Shanahan. And I think that's the decision John Dorsey has to make. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and, and I think that when they sit down with Freddie, you know, that could, 
sort of sway this thing one way or the other, you know, Freddie can really rock that interview and maybe sell them on the fact that, you know, he has what it takes to do this and that, you know, he has worked under some really amazing coaches in the NFL, the Bill Parcells, uh, the Ken Wisenhunt, the Bruce Arians of the NFL. He's worked with really good quarterbacks. He's coming from a quarterback perspective, whereas Dan Campbell's coming more from the tight end perspective. I don't think that's a deal breaker by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, Freddie is QB oriented. Um, so I do think that, uh, you know, that he has a, a chance to go in there and rock it. And it's, it's just a matter of how they want to set this up. Do they, do they want to try to give it to Dan Campbell and, and view him as their coach for the next decade or so? Uh, and be the CEO type of coach, or do they want to, um, you know, give Freddie a chance to show what he can do based on what he did in the last eight games? So it's very, very interesting. Right now, if I had to guess, I would think that they would be maybe leaning more towards a Dan Campbell Freddie pairing. Yeah, and then you know, if if that's the decision they make, it's what they make. It's just the reality that I think everyone needs to realize is if that's the case. Freddie's probably not going to be here real long. <laughs> You're not going to have that long-term Baker Mayfield, Freddie Kitchens relationship. And you know what? Maybe that's fine. Maybe it was just a great eight games for Freddie and he comes back next year and, and gets exposed a little bit. That's, I'm glad I'm not the one that has to make that decision. That's, that's why John Dorsey gets paid a lot of money. Yeah, it, it is. It's a very, very tough decision. And, you know, who thought when Freddie took over as offensive coordinator, at the, I mean, at the beginning of this season, he was running backs coach, assistant head coach and you know he was really flying under the radar who would have thought that he would rise to the status of head coach candidate and he did that by just going out there and just nailing his eight game job interview absolutely 100 percent nailing it and and putting himself on the nfl map now the surprising thing is that no one else to my knowledge has requested permission to interview him as a head coach yet. And that's a little surprising because after watching what he did, if you were watching closely enough, you know, who really wouldn't want to, you know, have some of that on their football team and, and uh, take a deeper look into that. So I'm a little surprised he hasn't gotten that yet. And maybe he will get that. Um, maybe he will get some uh, requests for that, which then, you know, they really wouldn't be able to block those. So, um, so, yeah, this next week is going to be very, very interesting because they will have Freddie uh, to interview next week. And then, you know, we still don't, it's still a little bit unclear to me if Mike McCarthy has a set interview with the Browns or not. Now, Rob Domofsky, who seems to be pretty close to Mike McCarthy or his camp, uh, you know, said that he will be in early next week or has something coming up next week. Uh, I haven't been able to confirm that yet. Um, so, you know, I don't really know. I suppose that'll happen. Uh, but I, I, don't, I don't know for sure that they have a date set for that yet. Um, and then, of course, there are some other guys that we've heard their names and a lot of people thought that they might be strong candidates. And so far, we've seen no evidence of that. Yeah, one of those names, of course, is uh, a, a local guy. Um, grew up in, in Northeast Ohio. Uh, Josh McDaniels, um, his, his name has come up now this week, but no interview scheduled. Uh, we don't know if, the, I don't think there's, there's been any reporting that the Browns have requested to interview McDaniels at all for their head coaching job. 
you know, we know that relationship between John Dorsey and Chris Ballard, who, uh, you know, Ballard, of course, was, was denied by McDaniels last year after initially hiring him. Um, I, I don't know if that would be an issue at all uh, in all of this, but, but it is interesting that, um, you know, we haven't really heard McDaniels as a real candidate yet. His name has just sort of been floated around the situation. Yeah, and you know what, Dan? I mean, at this point, I don't see how he can be a serious candidate for the Cleveland Browns since they now they can't interview him until he's out of the playoffs. And, you know, you always have to count on the fact that the Patriots are probably going to go pretty deep into the playoffs. So if they haven't put it in that interview request yet, and he has had an opportunity and is having opportunities to interview with other teams, including the Packers, it just says to me that they're willing to let him walk, right? I mean, I don't see how you could think of him as serious candidate and not put in a request to interview him in this bye week. I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me because then you're effectively eliminating the opportunity to even talk to him again between uh, the AFC championship game and the Super Bowl if it comes to that. So I just don't see how he is a candidate unless I'm missing something and they've got some gentleman's agreement about something. But if you're letting him go interview with other teams and potentially uh, take other jobs while you go through your process, I, I'm just not feeling it. Yeah, it's uh, it, it gets very complicated if, if you want to interview Josh McDaniels, you know, really starting now. Uh, the, you, you have your chance to kind of do it during their bye week. Um, and then now, <laughs> now you'd have to wait, like you, like you said, until they either got eliminated or I, I think maybe you can interview them during that week uh, off between the Super Bowl and the championship game. But I mean, no, that, not if you haven't, no, not if oh, you that haven't already. Be, that, that would have to be a second interview. You're right. Um, be a second interview. So they can't do that because they haven't done it yet. So, so I just, I'm not seeing it unless there's something I'm completely missing. If you go by the letter of the law, uh, they have effectively, in my mind, said um, that, you know, hey, go, go see, you know, go see what you can do out there and we'll, you know, maybe we'll see you later. I, I don't really uh, think that he right now can, can be on their front burner when they just didn't reach out in the first wave. Yeah, if you, if you can't talk to the guy, again, assuming they, they don't like lose next weekend, if you can't talk to the guy until, you know, February, that's, that's not really a great process. No. And, and the same thing with, with Adam Gase. I mean, I, now I did write a story, I can't remember when it was, a few days ago, uh, that they just were not going to be interested in Adam Gase whatsoever. And, and that was it. I mean, it was, it was over for him before it even began. And that was a mild surprise to some people. There were, I think there were still, and maybe still are some people that, you know, that think he is a candidate, but he's not. They're not interested and, you know, you can tell that they're not because they have not reached out to this point. Okay, other interviews that they have had, of course, Greg Williams on Tuesday, uh, Jim Caldwell on Wednesday, Thursday it was Kevin Stefanski, and, of course, it was Dan Campbell um, yesterday, and, of course, there'll still be some interviews ongoing. But um, outside of Dan Campbell, uh, that, that list I kind of read off, do any of those guys kind of move the needle for you? Jim, Jim Caldwell well, was – Jim Caldwell was kind of the wild card. Like, I think a lot of people are like, really, Jim Caldwell? Is he a real candidate? But, uh, you know, that was, that was an interesting one from kind of that perspective. Yeah, I thought that one was interesting, too, because we've forgotten about him a little bit. He yeah. has become um, an XFL consultant. But when you go back and you look over his 
track record, you know, he had four winning seasons out of his seven. Uh, I think he had four playoff campaigns out of his seven seasons. And he, um, he, he has done some really nice things in his career, including winning a Super Bowl and going 14-2 and two in his uh, rookie year as a coach with the Colts. So there's, there's a lot to like about Jim Caldwell. I don't know how serious he is as a candidate at this point. Um, but, you know, now that I go back and look at it all, I'm thinking, well, of course you would interview a, a Jim Caldwell with those kinds of credentials. And then another uh, guy that they've got that they're talking to today, and this is another curious part about it. They're interviewing the Patriots play call, defensive play caller, Brian Flores today. So, you know, why wouldn't and you, I'm sure they have to go to New England for that because, you know, like they did with Dan Campbell, when these guys are in the playoffs, you go to them. So they're, I'm sure, in New England or somewhere, you know, near there, interviewing Brian Flores today. If you were serious about Josh McDaniels, you would have put in that request, in, in my opinion, and you would have, uh, you know, you would have done that interview on the same day or back-to-back days with those two guys. Yeah, it's uh, the, the whole McDaniels thing. Just, uh, you, you know, you kept seeing his name tied to the Browns from other people, but it just never felt like there was much from the Browns side of things as, as far as a, a real a real interest in him. Yeah, and, you know, who knows? Maybe, and we, you know, I mentioned this already earlier that, uh, you know, that when he did leave the Colts at the altar last year, that was done to Chris Ballard, who is very, very close to John Dorsey and was his right-hand man in Kansas City for his years as GM there. And uh, and so, you know, maybe that was a factor. Another factor is the fact that, you know, you have to be able to assemble a really good quality football staff. And the best guys that he chose to go with him to the Colts are probably not going to take that chance again and, and come with him again after what happened last time. And then you know, a lot of them – lost out on other jobs and things like that because they committed to him. So, you know, that could be another factor. I don't know where that one's going. Like I said, I just don't think that, um, that there can be that much there. Uh, the other name you, you touched on him a little bit, um, kind of in the Jim Caldwell camp of, you know, if he got the job, I think it would be met by Browns fans, mostly with a collective shrug uh, is, is Mike McCarthy. We know the green Bay ties. Uh, like you said, you, you kind of mentioned that it's, it's a little murky as to whether the Browns, are going to interview him, have had any contact with him. Um, are you a little surprised we haven't heard more as, as far as McCarthy is concerned, considering the fact that you've got a front office full of Green Bay guys? Yeah, and, you know, information is very hard to come by in these coaching searches. Yeah. Very, very hard to come by. So maybe all along they they knew that they were going to interview Mike McCarthy next week. And sometimes you leave your stronger candidates for the end. I mean, you, uh, you know, that way then you can, if the opportunity is there and they're not in the playoffs, you can offer the guy the job if, if you have already talked to the six other people. So, you know, it might, it might bode well for Mike McCarthy that they have not interviewed him yet and they saved him for the middle of next week or whatever that is going to be. Uh, so that's definitely one to watch. Uh, I know a lot of people, once he became free, believed that he would be the next head coach of the Cleveland Browns because of the uh, connections and the contacts here. So, yeah, I definitely think that's another one to, to really keep an eye on. Uh, 
Okay, so uh, we are recording this here on Saturday. Um, one, one thing that's, that's for certain, Mary Kay, is this feels a lot like the, uh, the lead up to the draft. Uh, John Dorsey is certainly running this thing his way. Um, he's taking his time. He's, you know, he's being very deliberate about this. Um, and, and I think based on what we saw leading up to the Browns ending up with Baker Mayfield, I don't think we should be surprised about the the process as it's played out so far. No, not at all. I mean, not only have they sworn all of their own people to unbelievable secrecy, they've sworn the agents to secrecy. Uh, they they have really put the clamps on this on this head coach search. And you know, John can keep a secret. That's that's for sure. He can keep a secret, and and he can do this his own way and he is doing that and there's a couple of other guys uh that they have requested permission to talk to and i'm assuming that they will talk to them and that is uh colt's defensive coordinator matt eberflus who used to be a linebackers co-chair and colt's offensive coordinator nick sirianni so i would imagine that over the next couple of days those guys will get interviews maybe even one tomorrow because i haven't heard yet about anybody else that they're talking to tomorrow so i would think that they're going to put uh somebody in there tomorrow and so yeah, I, I you know there's still a number of guys that they have to talk to, and it, it's it's very interesting the way that this is starting to shake out. It it is, and and the one thing that stands out to me, and of course you've you've been through these coaching searches before. Um, it feels like there is like it's it feels competent sort of like going back to the last eight games of the season when everything kind of came together finally, and uh, you didn't have that discord anymore it feels like things are running the way they're supposed to run. So, you know, look, we'll see what happens when they actually hire somebody, if they end up hiring the right guy, um, that, that'll play out over time. But as of right now, it, it seems like this coaching search is being run in a, in a pretty organized, pretty competent fashion. And that, that hasn't always been the case uh, for, for this team. Well, you know, I think the, the thing that stands out to me is the fact that it really does look like John Dorsey is driving the bus here. And when we find out that guys like Adam Gase and, and Josh McDaniels are not on the front burner, those were traditionally Jimmy Haslam guys. And if they're not being interviewed and they're not really interested in them, I think that means that Jimmy has kind of stepped aside and he's letting uh, John Dorsey do the work that he brought him here to do. So I think that's great. And um, I think they're probably going to end up with, with an amazing head coach, just the same way they did with the quarterback. And uh, this team is going to be well positioned for the future. Okay, so you can check out uh, Mary Kay's case for Dan Campbell. It's over at Cleveland.com slash Browns. We've got updates on the coaching search there. I've got my season in review there as well. Um, And, of course, we'll have all kinds of stuff coming your way as this coaching search continues and then uh, into the offseason. And the NFL draft, which seems like such an afterthought, which is a a really strange situation for us. Oh my God! Can you can you believe that you know that we're not uh, you know trying to figure out which quarterback is the best one? I mean, after all these years of that, you know that is just not the focus of this draft. They could just go out and and grab the the absolute best available player at number seventeen, and they're not forced to try to you know hope that this is the year that they can find their franchise guy. And uh, yeah, it's it's a good situation for the Browns. Okay, so uh, that'll do it for, uh, for this uh, podcast here. Our thanks, as always, to Sibling Revelry Brewing uh, for sponsoring us. Uh, thanks to all of you for listening. For Mary Kay Cabot, I'm Dan Lund.